sometimes when you're just kind of down on a Thursday and you want to make something but you don't know what to make and you haven't thought of anything to make in like a month but you want to make something and you want to get better at it you know what that you know what I mean that feeling that's what this show's about I'm Zach hey I'm Courtney and I'm Miranda hey guys hey y'all hi I swear I'm trying to stop saying guys all the time y'all's a good alternative Is, um, hey y'all hey What's... y'all means all right yeah mm-hmm. that's what I heard how are you how are y'all doing doing well or like was that autobiographical Zach or are you in a uh, creative rut no okay I don't think that's so. very sweet of you to think of our listener. I'm sure somebody out there might be. Mm-hmm. I'm personally in like a consumption mode. <laughs> Just taking it all in. Yeah. All the design and inspiration stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been, I've I've been in like kind of that as well, especially in my like personal work. Like I haven't made anything for myself outside of work stuff in a very long time. <laughs> Um, but I think that's okay. I needed a break because I was pumping out a lot of things for a while. Like I felt kind of pressured to be posting and making lettering stuff and always trying new stuff. And um, and I've been taking a very long break for the last two years, pretty much, uh, and only making stuff when I feel like it. Yeah. But yes, definitely consuming a lot of media in all kinds, in all forms. I started to notice a pattern with that, and I tried to give it fancy little names like feast, fast, synthesize, create, mm. or something. But I would notice that I go through those different stages where, like, I I want all this stimulation to get new ideas, or like, cause I'm I don't have them or whatever, and then go <laughs> home and be alone for a little bit and like let it percolate, and then be and be really quiet basically, and then it comes out. But um, I read, I'm like halfway through this book called Quiet, and it kind of talks about, it talks about introverts um, in society, like how they think and why we need them. And basically that the way that our brains work is that it's uh, good to go out and talk to a lot of people to share ideas, but that we don't actually create like really solid quality stuff unless we're by ourselves. And can come up with something new. Um, but that was cool. Because I know you talked a little bit about how you're starting to go back to work, Miranda. But you're going to sh- like keep your one day at home. That's what I thought about. Like You'll probably come up with yeah. some really awesome stuff. Because you eliminate all the distraction. Yeah. I Coming back from uh, pandemic work from home full time, I... Uh, I had a very long, like, phased return to the office. Like, I didn't want to immediately just go back full-time. Like, not only did I not feel comfortable doing that right away when I first started going back in, but I just was like, I need to, like, figure out how to be a human with other people in person. Like, it's different being on Zoom, and then, like, when you shut it off, I'm, like, totally alone in my room by myself. Yeah. But it doesn't. it's not that way when I'm at the office. Like, we have an open environment, and so I have, like, two half walls to my desk, but it's like anybody can walk up and talk to me. I hear conversations. I want to be a part of them. And that was very overwhelming going back um, <laughs> and still is sometimes. 
because our, our company doubled in size during the pandemic. Oh, yeah. And um, so having that many humans around was new to me entirely. Uh, but it's still, I mean, it's, it's definitely awesome. So I was telling Courtney um, earlier when we were talking that Jeez, I'm like two minutes late. I know. <laughs> I goes early Holy today. Smokes. Uh, I was telling her that like I am back most of the time, but I'm still trying to keep one day a week from home, and I'm and maybe forever because on really light weeks it's nice because I can have a day where I just kind of decompress and I like look up new ins- inspiration and I can kind of like take right. time to learn new skills and I don't feel like I'm wasting time in the office and somebody's going to come to my desk and see me doing a Skillshare class or something and be like, what, you're not working on work, but it's like, it's still part of sure. my work, you know, yeah, or, yeah. um, uh, or on really heavy weeks, it's nice that I can have a day where I'm alone by myself at home and I can really get through a lot of the stuff on my to-do list that is kind of harder to do during the week where, um, I'm in the office and I get pulled into conversations and there's meetings and I want to talk to people and I hear somebody across the office talking about this project I was working on and I want to, you know, I'm nosy. So I'm like, <laughs> got my hands in everything. Yes. Um, so yes. Wait, are so you I agreeing think... with her being nosy or wanting your hands in everything? <laughs> oh, I think there's something, what is it called? David's work, my partner, he has something similar where it's like, you create this environment, um, where everybody's in person and you overhear conversations that you wouldn't otherwise know those little tidbits that'll help you in your campaign of whatever your project is. Um, they called it like osmosis or something like that. They yeah. want osmosis. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. yeah. And that's totally like, that's been a huge drive in our office to get people to come back to the office more yeah. because we, I feel like a lot of the magic happens spontaneously when we hear each other talking about things. Or I can just, like, roll over to somebody's desk and say, like, hey, can you look at this? Whereas, like, if I have to upload the file and then wait for them to see it on Slack or whatever, like, that's a whole extra step where it's just easier when you can yell over and be like, hey, Diane, like, take, what do you think about this or whatever? So, like, that's, (laughs) I don't know. So I like both is what I'm saying. I like going into the cave, which is what I call it, going into the cave and working for a while. Yeah. And then I also like being out in the wilderness with all my co-workers and friends <laughs> yeah i feel like you need both to be or at least i do yeah. to be happy to like <laughs> yeah yeah social it does sound nice considering the only conversation i had today was with a nine-year-old who wouldn't leave my porch when i told her my kids weren't home oh no <laughs> so <laughs> and i had a meeting today with like 11 other people but it's a zoom meeting so you know there's not the interaction and over talking and discussion and stuff. It was a good meeting. It was productive. But the only conversation, she came to the door and knocked, Hey, are Junior Ransom home? No, they're at their class. They'll be back in a couple hours. She said, Okay. And then didn't turn around to leave. And I was like, So, Aww. how uh, how are you? How are you? I was like, I'm good. I was like, Okay. She didn't turn around and leave. Oh. I was like, uh, How, uh, how was softball? Your last softball game. Oh, it was good. She didn't leave. I'm like, why why are you still here? And then it was just, oh, I got to get back to this meeting I'm pretending that I'm in right now. And then did this, like, dance thing away as I closed the door. So good for you guys having those constructive meetings. That does sound nice, though. Like, yeah, yeah, I, I used to live and thrive for those. And now 
when you talk about it, there's still part of me that gets uncomfortable. Like, just awkward conversations everywhere. Is I'm way out of practice with yeah. being around people. Same. It, t- it took a long time. And, like, so many awkward interactions with strangers, like baristas and, like, can we talk service about workers that? and stuff. <laughs> like, way oversharing. Like, way too much information. Oh, my God, I love your mask. Oh, I love it. Blah, blah, blah. Where'd you get it? I love your haircut. Like, so, like too much, too, mu- too soon yes. with complete strangers because I was completely devoid of interaction. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> or, like, I felt so down on myself, but mid-pandemic i forgot how card readers worked and like how to pump (laughs) gas or like i knew something was up (laughs) i don't know it was not working right (laughs) because i hadn't driven my car in so long or like which end goes in there anyway i thought i was going crazy but then i found online that there are other people who have had similar issues because we've been inside so long speaking of inside Mm -hmm. yeah uh, have you guys seen Bo Burnham's Inside Special? Have you, Zach? I've, I've, I think at this point, like through piecemeal, I've put it all together through YouTube videos. <laughs> White Woman Instagram, Welcome to the Internet. Mm-hmm. There's more, but those two stand out as the two strongest. There's a long list. Yeah. Go it's... on, tell me, tell me more about have it. You, have you seen it, Courtney? Yeah, we keep, or I okay. keep begging him to watch it. I was like, because I'm not going to just talk about this if I'm the only one that's seen the whole thing, but... No, let's go. I'll it's be the such only a, one. It's such a masterpiece of, like, media. Like, the, the music and the lighting is, like, so good, and the, the color and, like, the cinematography and shot framing or whatever, but, like, there's also so much... My friend told me... I've only seen it once. I had a friend tell me that she and her husband have watched it probably like eight or ten times. She's like, whenever we're like home and doing laundry, we'll just like a week and a half ago. I no, it's been out for feels like it. It's been out for a couple weeks, yeah, yeah, at least. But she she's like, yeah, like whenever we're like doing laundry or cooking or something, we'll just put it on to like listen to it. But we also kind of watch it, you know, in between. And I was like, okay. Um, I thought she was crazy, but then she started telling me like, there's so much. It's like almost like Hamilton where there's so many layers to things that you yeah. don't really notice on your first watch. She was saying like part of it, like him, he's, he's like wearing a lot of clothes in the beginning and then by like, by the end he, he's like naked in one seat, like you don't see anything, but he's like not wearing any clothes in one of the songs. And so she's like, so he's like shedding pieces of himself throughout this whole thing. And then it's just like him being vulnerable and like his most vulnerable self oh, wow. at that part or whatever. So there's so many, like, I know, and I'm like, I would have never noticed that because I was watching it, but I was paying much more attention to, like, the lighting and the shot composition and, like, yeah, the why craft. didn't he reset the clock on his stove and, like, you yeah. know, like, the those kind of things. But, um, but yeah, really beautiful. So, uh, yes. So on the, on the note of consuming media and how beautifully visually that was, um, I feel like maybe we should talk about inspiration and all the places that we find it outside of design chime chime noise like a uh no what's the um wind wind chime what's Mm -hmm. the like like the not the triangle but the little the little one just imagine fantasia i don't know a xylophone (laughs) no i know what she's talking about the tiny wind chime between the two things oh yeah yeah we're bad at music. <laughs> Aren't we all musicians too? 
Uh, I probably you pretend have a ukulele? to be more than anything else. I forgot mm-hmm. what key signatures are, and I'm reteaching myself. It's bad. There feels like a big gap between forgetting how a magnet card reader works and your key ranges. <laughs> Somewhere in the middle, though, is just the right balance. Mm-hmm. But yeah, let's talk about inspiration. What is inspiration? <laughs> uh... I can tell you what Google says if you give me a few minutes. But to me, <laughs> to me, it's anything that kind of sparks an idea or takes me to a different place that I wouldn't have been yeah. on a, an idea or a project that I was working on. And some of that comes from working in collaboration with other people. Like today, I had this really great meeting where I was with three other people and we were talking about how to get further on this project that we're working on and so we like very quickly in succession had a lot of ideas together and made lots of decisions and it was one of those meetings where like you hear somebody say something like oh yes yes that and this what if we did this thing Mm -hmm. and it was just like it was so good and like inspiration like it was so good to like talk to talk to them about things and also show them things and see them get excited about stuff that I was yeah ideating and whatever uh i feel like excitement is part of inspiration too it's like or i don't know if it's because of it or it builds on itself and it helps you like want to do the thing like i notice when sometimes people's like heart isn't in what they made or if it is because they're inspired like they really wanted to create that thing and it's enjoyable as the user to use it but uh yeah I try to keep, or like, I guess I get inspiration from variety in my life. And so that's why I try to, like, play cello or I'm, um, I'm taking, like, this handstand class or just, like, trying new things and think in different ways um, or, like, watch documentaries about other creators um, and, like, try not to get into a comparison trap or anything, but it's healthy to be inspired by them. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So that's where I'd say I get my inspiration from is whenever I fill my own cup and then I come back to work really excited and thinking about that thing and how it can apply to what I'm working on. I guess if it goes too far in a bad direction, it's usually because um, I'm trying to like force a style that I'm into or like force something to happen that's not appropriate. So that's a good filter to have. But it's super good yeah. to be inspired though by other people. Definitely. Zach? What you doing? I was thinking about it. He's got his thinking face on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I try to not watch too many other folks who do stuff like I do all the time. That was a weird sentence. But yes. I think it did. It, you guys are not in your head, so I yeah, think I'm it made you. sense. Because it, especially where I'm learning new stuff, it feels like it leads towards. Not only comparison, but also copying Mm -hmm. indirectly. Yep. So it's also something I've adopted. Like whenever there's a new project at work or something I've never tried before, looking for inspiration out other people did it and then not touching it for a a couple hours to a day or two later. That's smart. Mm -hmm. So like filter it all through. Okay, what's good in this? What can I learn from? What can I improve on? 
and how do I make it my own to fit this mm -hmm. project? Because yeah. there's way less of, at least for me in the last year, of like siphoning off the excitement part of inspiration. Because there's not, again, back to the, what we were talking about before, there's not the conversations and the bouncing back and forth. So trying to be more um, intentional about finding in new places. Like, not just animation, not just video games, things where 3D assets exist. But going for a walk, which sounds cheesy as hell, but it's... Like, not just going for a walk, but stopping and watching bugs move. Yeah. Yeah. You ever watch bugs move? That's super trippy. crazy. I used to be obsessed with watching bugs and ants in my backyard when I was a kid. Like, I thought I was doing science yeah. by, like, studying <laughs> ants observing. and going in and out of their ant pile. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. I thought that's what science was. And so I would be like, I'm studying and doing science. Like, it's it's fascinating though, like watching them all, and you're like, they're so teeny tiny. Like, how do they? Mm -hmm. I've got this big brain, and they've got these tiny brains, and they're all working together in their little ant pile. <laughs> like, they know exactly what to do. Like, uh, also yeah, animals have this whole shit figured out. Like, we're busting oh, yeah. our tails going to work and struggling and stuff like yeah. this, and those birds are just out there eating worms and like um, playing it's games with cars. They don't have cars. to think about like existential. Yeah. You know, stuff. See, I don't think that's true. I think they do think about that stuff and they're just like, whatever. I'm just going to play. You know, if it's snow. Have you ever seen videos of crows sliding down houses when it snows? Oh. Or like sliding down but hills. But I want and stuff? to. Yeah. I'm like, see, they got this shit figured out. Like, yeah. dolphins don't worry about this crap. Otters. Yeah. Otters got oh. it figured Otters out. Otters don't care. But it's also. People sometimes ask me, like, what design podcast are, sh like, YouTube shows I watch? Um, yeah. I don't listen to design don't. podcasts. <laughs> yeah. I don't. Sorry. I go on and a little know, binge once in a while, and then I don't for a long time. You know what I do listen to? Adventures in Design, Mark Bricky show. I'll jump in on the Disneyland episodes <laughs> where they go around Disney. Mm -hmm. I just... I do design for a living. I don't yeah. always want to That's listen to it. That's how I feel. I don't want to burn out on yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. The, the the one design podcast that I have listened to the most regularly is 99% Invisible. Mm -hmm. And that is because it's not about That's only art like design or graphic design. design. Yeah. It's like human design and world design and yeah. neighborhood building. and oh. Yeah, please tell me why that like door design is bad. Like park bench design yeah. and like things that are... It's still interesting to me because they're relevant to my, like, process and detail-oriented mind, but they're not, like, letter forms and Bezier curves. Like, it's... I do that all day. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that's also why I kind of got a little bit burnt out on creating things for myself. Because um, when I spend eight hours a day doing it for other people, the last thing I want to do when I get home is open illustrator or even honestly on get on my ipad and <laughs> open procreate or something like that's um i do a lot more like i have a the one creative thing that i've been doing more for myself is that i have a book journal and it's like a bullet mm -hmm. journal but only for my books that i read because i'm i'm very competitive with myself when it comes to reading yeah and that's like probably my biggest 
hobby outside of um outside of work hours is reading Mm -hmm. and also crochet and knitting but I go on binges with that and then and then it's just reading the rest of the time reading and consuming um Netflix shows and things like that but yes reading I read 55 books last year and so this year I decided I would document all of it in my book journal instead of letting it go off into the ether Mm -hmm. Um, because I don't remember a lot about the books that I read last year uh there's only like probably five or ten of them that I could actually tell you right a lot about yeah so I'm keeping track of it all and I'm like making cool titles for each one that actually like match the book and like so I get to scratch that part of my brain and also like the fun stat part where I'm like keeping track of like average number of pages and uh most read genre and like all of that stuff um I love books yeah are you posting that to instagram like selfishly i would love to see it it was beautiful because i'm allowing myself yeah to make it imperfect Mm -hmm. and not like overachieve at it which is a big um i don't know the word i'm it just spaced out of my brain it's a thing Uh, issue of mine yeah (laughs) something i'm working on is um not trying to be perfect and aesthetic and pretty about everything so i'm allowing myself to make a lot of mistakes and to rush through things and not like spend five hours on one thing um with this book journal but i can send you pictures speaking of rushing things and trying to figure out where to put it let's head into our first break we'll be right back (laughs) sorry guys we're back We'll pick up where we left off. <laughs> yeah, Courtney's trying to Courtney's trying to force Miranda nah. to post pictures of her secret Not journal force. on Instagram. <laughs> My secret journal. There was some blackmailing going on that I cut out of the audio <laughs> because it just reflected poorly on everyone. And we were I was talking just looking about in my camera feed to see if I actually have any pictures of the book journal at all that I've taken like of in like my phone. And I don't. I just don't. It's something that I do. Yeah. I usually work on it during drink and draw or I work on it when we're watching TV or something. Like I just here and there, I got to like catch it up. I keep track of my reads on Goodreads, Mm -hmm. but I don't like, aside from my star review, I don't post. Yeah. There's not the custom review cover you've drawn in your journal. Yeah. Courtney and I have seen the journal. So special. I'll tell everyone else how yes. incredible it is, and they'll never Thank get you. to yeah. see it. So, but that's okay. <laughs> it's for you. Yeah, because I. Go yeah. eat an egg, losers. I was just talking about, <laughs> or like trying to focus on perfectionism and overachieving this week, and just like how critical I am, and trying to figure out where that even comes from, and like how widespread it is. <laughs> but um, I don't know where I'm going with this. It's like kind of personal, but I just don't want you to feel like. Oh my goodness, every, a lot of people feel that way, and I don't know where it yeah. comes from. But um, I always blame yeah. it on the fact that, I blame it on myself that I'm a Virgo, which <laughs> <laughs> is not a reason. My husband will be yeah. like, that has nothing to do with it. But I just, I'm, I'm super, super critical of myself, and um, I'm critical of other people, but only if I'm very close with them. Yeah. Like, complete strangers, they get all the leeway. I'm like, you do you, make your choices. Um, but if I'm really tight with you, um, I will probably correct you a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very similar. Or Especially just like, if you say words wrong. 
high expectations. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, this I'm working is on it. somewhat related, but I'm trying to lean into Wabi Sabi more and like enjoy yeah. the imperfection. Cause for a while I was like, why would you want something that's imperfect? You need to like keep iterating and make it better and better. Uh, and, but yeah, I'm trying to chill out and yeah, I really like that art style of like, okay, yeah. a human touched this. I'm going to try to lean into that more. Um, Which is do you want to um, tell us what wabi sabi oh, is for anybody that doesn't know? Sure, I thanks. know, but yeah, it's um. <laughs> Me too. Told I know what it is. It's like a, I'd say it's like a type of art, like a an ideology from Japan, where you can tell a human touched something because it's imperfect, or like say that um, you have a bowl that broke. Well, rather than completely throwing that away, you can make it even better. Like, I saw this picture of a bowl that had, um, like, gold lacquer or something put inside the cracks. And so it's made even more beautiful. um, And it's taking pieces and appreciating them and having them for life, um, even as they wear over time and making things that are really, like, sturdy. That's how I saw it. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah, something I love beautiful that. I had, yeah. In that, like, not necessarily the Marie Kondo ness of it all, mm-hmm. but a little bit, you know, to just spark joy. But when I was doing that project of the yokai for the month, at least four or five yokai, and there's probably hundreds more, are just objects that came to life because someone loved them over generations. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. That's so beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> They became monsters because families loved them. Oh, monsters? Well, they're they're yokai. They're not cute all, monsters. Like, yeah, they're not evil monsters Creatures. all the time. Most um, of the ghosts there are like, here's this creepy small ghost child that lives in your laundry room and makes noises at night. It brings good luck to your family. Hey. Oh, okay. I love that so much. I wish we had more of that in American culture. Like, I don't know. I feel like we're missing out. But yes, on the subject of of imperfection and handmadeness and everything. Um, I cannot remember where I saw this. I feel like it was probably a lettering creator on Instagram, but I saw once somebody said something about, uh, like, stop trying to be perfect with your lettering and, like, pixel perfect with your lettering if it's hand lettering because the whole point of it is that you made it from scratch and that it's by hand and that it's not a typeface. So like, stop trying to make it look like you typed it. Yes. Like lean into the handmadeness of it and the little bumps and curves and like imperfections of like the serif is bigger than the other one because that's what makes it like unique and handmade and special. And that's, people won't know that you, it was handmade by you unless you leave it a little bit imperfect. They'll just think you, typed it in or whatever like people that don't have an eye for it will just think that you yeah oh it's a font it's a typeface yeah Yeah. right yeah Yeah. so that kind of helped me a little with like I I was when I first started um lettering and I always lettered like analog at first because I didn't have an iPad yet I'd always do everything by hand with like pen and paper and then I would take it into Photoshop because I've got Photoshop wizardry skills and I would like fix all the little mistakes that I couldn't have fixed by hand and I like, you know, fixed the letter length and fixed the kerning and like all the stuff that drove me crazy. And then it would come out and I'd be like, it looks so nice. And my friend's like, 
did you type did you do did you do that on the computer and I'm like no 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 it's by hand like I made it yeah, on a piece of many paper hours. yeah <laughs> many hours sweat tears and ink um but you would never know because I I over you took it away yeah fixed it yeah because to your point something amazing that I learned over the last week from this podcast it's called to be magnetic and it, it's a little woo woo but it's talking about mainly like manifesting but I was talking about perfectionism and people pleasing and that they're related and like perfectionism comes from wanting to please others. Mm. But in doing that, you're actually blending in instead of pushing ideas forward. And it was just a, a, I don't know, aha moment for me because I do notice that I like get into that sometimes or like with the hand lettering you're just talking about, like you're probably trying to like smooth it out and make it really perfect and I don't know but then I guess that plays into style too it's like it can be scary to have like a unique style because you don't know how it's going to be perceived but right like to me like to me my eye for for balanced type and for kerning and for perfect letter forms whatever like that is a skill that I honed over years and years of design work yeah so to me that's an essential part of like making something look nice Mm -hmm. is like there's no little bumps that your eyes catch on. You want it to flow and look really nice and like make sense and you want the spacing to be good. But like that's part that's what differentiates it from like art, I think. Yeah. Like a little bit in like style and like and fun. Like yeah. <laughs> to be I don't know. Or like I've kind of fallen um, into the trap with um with branding. Like there's a term a couple years ago called blanding, where it's like all the logos Blanding. Look yeah. like a sans serif from Europe, and they're yeah. black typeface lowercase with like a colorful logo mark. And <laughs> like I started to fall into that too. Like oh dang it, I gotta come up with something original <laughs> and singular. <laughs> well but, shit. Yeah. <laughs> but um. Yeah. 3D helped break me out of that because the last stage of that, or somewhere in the middle, is literally putting imperfections on things. Oh. Because if you don't put smudges and fingerprints and scratches, it just looks like something you made in a computer. Yeah. Because That's nothing so cool. actually is without those things. Everything's that makes me up. think of like claymation. Mm-hmm. And like how sometimes if you really pay close attention, you can see like little fingerprints in the. In, like, one frame of the... Oh! If you pause it just right, like, you can see, like, somebody's fingerprints in the, mm-hmm. like, clay figure. Where I don't know. push into it too much. Like, they're yeah. all over Nightmare Before Christmas. Because they're oh, all yeah. hands-on and stuff. And so cool. It's one of my favorite animation techniques is smearing and leaving your in-betweens. So, like, instead of the arm... Instead of just doing keyframes, mm-hmm. you've got... They did it in Luca, um, where there's multiple arms... When they're running down the hill, there's times where Alberto has like, like three or four arms behind him, because <laughs> that's showing the motion and like how fast it's going. It's a way of faking motion blur. Oh, okay. But that imperfection that. makes it feel personal and warm and yeah. I was you know, wow. something there thinking about that when you were talking about adding imperfections at the end. That their hair textures were incredible. Oh my god! I gosh, cannot stop so looking good. at it. Yeah, and like the Listeners, sweaters. if you haven't seen Luca on Disney Plus, you must go watch it. Yeah, it's amazing. And if you haven't seen it yet, cover your ears because it's a beautiful <laughs> little gay movie, and I liked it a whole lot. 
Oh, I I just saw this TikTok about all the visual references to Call Me By Your Name. Yeah. That are in Luca, and I was like, oh, it's real. Like that could not have been an accident. Yeah. If, My heart. <laughs> if it wasn't intended to be a queer movie, somebody snuck in a lot of gay coding. I think that's what it was. Oh yeah. Because he keeps saying they're friends, they're friends. But I wonder if he just. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. The grandma's line at the end of the movie. And she's like, uh, oh, I'm going to screw it up. But something along the lines of, like, um, not everyone out there will be good for him, but he's really good at finding the good ones. The people yeah. he's safe with. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, my heart. Yeah. yeah. Also, side note, the lady who does Luca's grandma is Mac's mom from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yes. And I think that's really funny. Yes. That's all. She's also the grandma of Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, but- my God. We've been watching It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and I thought that was really funny. That is We're funny. I loved two. Luca. The um the I kept paying so much close attention to all of the design things that were in the background, like the signage and the the textbook design and illustrations. Yeah. And the type. The, oh, that's so yeah. much good type. Mm. I would have. Can you imagine all the the deep dive of research that they did for this movie. Goodness. I really, fun. I think that there's a behind the scenes, um, probably I think on Disney, I heard somebody talking about they they're or they're doing a process book, maybe like a Pixar process book. Um, but anyway, I can't wait. I'm so excited. Yeah. I loved the imagination scenes or like how imaginative yeah. the main character is. He's like touching the big fish and it goes. Yeah. Yes. I just feel and like, like there the riding the Vespa through all the coins. Yes. Like the rolling gold hills of coins. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad they showed some like the inside of someone's head. I don't feel like that's popular or common in film anymore. Yeah. Like think about like the the be our guest sequence where all the plates are dancing and it's like it's not like they're on a scene. They're just like making these crazy kaleidoscopy patterns of yeah. them in nothingness, like the dishes dancing around a black background, like all of that being not set in reality. Like obviously it's not reality, but like outside of a setting. Yeah. I don't know. I love that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Zach, what you thinking about? <laughs> You're hard at work. <laughs> Sorry. I was hoping I should have texted you. I was trying to. I started following the guy who does all the posters and the book covers and stuff on Luca, and I can't remember his name right now. Ugh, I was trying to find it on Instagram before you guys noticed what I was doing, but it didn't work. <laughs> so I'll put it in the show notes when I find it. Oh, okay, got it. Thank you. Like, But yeah, it, I don't know if you guys saw the director's short film, La Luna, he did a couple years ago. It's about a little boy and his father and grandpa, I think, who go and catch stars. Oh, at night and um it's basically the same dad character design oh. in both of them but um is yeah. that on disney as well it should be la luna another italian oh. masterpiece i don't know if, how many people follow paul Tuardo, especially after listening to our time capsule episode a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. but just go follow him and watch his stories about him and his kids watching it because that dude's like super italian so he's been so happy celebrating it. Yeah. It's been fun to watch that, too. Oh, dude. Yeah, I gotta watch I it again. 
a lot of inspiration from there. I'm still trying to figure out how to do watercolors for 3D stuff. Wow, that sounds complex. Yeah, yeah. I haven't figured it out yet. Because you're going to try to make the watercolor itself move or just to shape around like no, a No, just like the colors would be like a watercolor kind of light fade into each other. Yeah. Hmm. Sorry. I just saw another picture. The dad <laughs> with Alberta at the end of it where he's like, these are sea monster. No, that's my son. Like, uh, it's a good movie. I love, did you guys watch the end credits too? Yeah, like, they were super so like, Miyazaki-esque. We me. literally started watching, like, so we got to the end of the movie and I, well, personal backstory, my uh, parents, every single time that we ever saw a movie in a movie theater with my parents, we had to stay until the end of the credits. Yes. Like, that was the rule. You stay to respect the artists and, like, you sit, and it was always so annoying because I'm like, Mom, people are here to clean. Like, we gotta leave. Like, let's... Anyway, but I still love, like, I just, like, leave them on the screen when we're at home. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and like, watch all of them. Because, like, A, you never know when there's going to be a post-credit scene. And B, usually the first half of the credits are, like, really visually beautiful. Yeah. Um, and I love watching that. And anyway, so we got to the end of Luca, and my husband goes, like, I kind of wish that we, like, knew what happened after that. Like, what the guy at school, or, like, what da-da-da. I'm like, watch the credits. Look, like, they're showing us. Like, it's, like, um, mm -hmm. it's, like, all the, it's just, like, cool cute illustrations of like the story and it was like so many funny little moments and i was just like yes yeah this is what i needed this is the way they should end every movie every pixar movie um I'm, and just I'm like beautifully illustrated that, i'm glad i'm not the only one that does that to my kids i do the same thing you make, make them stay i make them watch all of it yeah even if i know there's not an end sequence yeah my mom said that it's like for her it was um she they lived in California for a while, my parents, and um, they said, like, that was a big thing out there. It was, like, that was in, in the 80s or whenever they were there, like, that you, it's a respect thing, and, like, oh. you always stay, like, stay and respect the industry people that are in film, like, you stay and watch the credits, like, that's just what you do there, and so they made us do that, and I was, that's like, lovely. I, I thought it was annoying when I was a kid, but now I love it. <laughs> I'm I do totally the, gonna make my kids do it. <laughs> I do the same thing with video games. I take a million years to finish it, because I'm, like, dude, it took a whole team so much time to come up with all these textures and these beautiful vistas, and I'm gonna stare at how this dude walks over here, even though he's an NPC, <laughs> and, like, zoom mm -hmm. in. Unless they were in the Pokemon company. Mm -hmm. Uh-oh. Sorry. You have beef? Beef. Yeah, Pokemon Sword and Sealed wasn't a very good game. That's it. That is, that's it. That's the beef. That's the beef. Like a year before that, Zelda Breath of the Wild came out. Uh, that's an incredible game. And I then feel Pokemon like Sword and Shield. Bleh. My expectations for all Nintendo games skyrocketed after Breath of the Wild came out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mario Golf should be here tomorrow, but that's neither here nor there. Sorry, guys. I just bought, uh, speaking of inspiration outside of design, <laughs> again, I just bought, um, I'm a little behind, I just bought Link's Awakening, the new one for Switch. Um, oh, I haven't the newer played it. One. It looks so pretty, though. It's beautiful. It's like, it was a little hard, because it looks very 3D, and it's kind of like perspective, um, like an angled perspective, um, but it plays like a top-down yeah kind of so where you your camera angles the, the same the, the whole time and like you, you're in the middle of the screen as you move around um and but it is really beautiful and like 
beautiful little 3D objects and fun noises and like fun. It's like a mix between, um, I don't know. Like I played a lot of handheld Zelda mm -hmm. games like on Game Boy Advance and on DS. So it feels like that, yeah. but it's like visually almost as beautiful as Breath of the Wild. Like it's got these like beautiful textures and things like that. Um, the sound design is not quite as good, but it's still awesome, and I love it so far. Yeah, I've seen other people play it. And immediately, I thought that it looked like simplified 3D. I don't know. Yeah, I, I love yeah. how you described it as like a handheld game. That sounds fun. Yeah. yeah, I have not gotten into Zelda as much as I should. That'll be my next frontier. <laughs> There's loads of them. Yeah, there are loads of them. And I've only played, I don't know, five or six of them. Mm, I call oh, myself cool. a fan, but I haven't played, like, the um, a couple of the ones that people are like, you're not a real Zelda fan if you haven't played Ocarina of Time. Mm. Sorry, buddy. It's me. I'm the one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get there someday. You played six of them. That's not nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've played Wind Waker. Or... Skyward Sword? Is that what it's called? So they're re they're remastering Skyward Sword okay. HD for Switch. So I have not played that one yet, but I'm going to. Because I um, didn't have a GameCube. Wind Waker's a masterpiece. Are we? Wind Waker's a masterpiece. It's a beautiful game. Yeah. I really want them to to at least release a port of it for Switch, but I don't know if that's ever going to happen. Speaking of things that probably should never happen, it's time for the second break. Bow, bow, bow. Bye, guys. Baba Booey. And we're back. Baba Booey, Baba Booey. Baba Booey. <laughs> if you know, you know. And if you don't, you've been born after the year 2000, probably. Corny, you don't know what Baba Booey is? No. Is it obvious on my face? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I don't know if I want to explain what Baba Booey is I'll, to you. I'll I should Google probably it. stop saying it. Don't Google it. Is it bad? Do you, know How Do you know who Howard Stern is? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's probably enough. Okay. So, I was unaware of the origins. I just thought it was a fun word to say. <laughs> it's a TV show? Did you just Google it? I did. <laughs> <laughs> I had no I mean like it's not anything terrible I've just heard the phrase before and I just thought it was a a thing that people say I don't know no I I laughed knowing what it's from <laughs> speaking of a thing that I feel like people say but really maybe it's just me um I once used the term bingo bango at work <laughs> yes and apparently the, I like is that a thing, or did I just, like... Isn't that from Steven Universe? I don't know. See, I used it in the context of, like... Like... I don't know. We, we came to a decision, or, like, I did a thing, and then I said, like, bingo, bingo. It looks like it's a... And I, like, a... did little finger guns. With the finger guns? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It... And my, my boss was like, what? What are you doing? Bingo, bango? And I was like, that... I don't know. It's a thing that you say. It sounds like it's like, from a come, Ben Stiller you know. movie. Okay. Or wait, you're just... Or it's like, like, Presto, Meet or the like... Fockers, maybe? You know. It looks like it's a Frank Sinatra song, Bingo, Bango, Bongo. I don't know if it's from there. 
I bet it's a thing. Who says bingo bang? Hey, you're right. It's from Meet the Fuckers. Okay. Somebody says bingo bango bongo. <laughs> the finger guys. But, um, just really and also, sad. it looks like it's in Steven Universe, maybe? It's like bingo. But What did that kid say? I don't know. The guy who turns purple or... Oh, what's his name? With the gauges. Lars? Yes, him. <laughs> I used to know everyone while I was reading or watching it, reading it. It was a great book. He probably said okay, that's now become that. a thing that we just say, like when we come to a decision or when somebody says something that you're thinking or whatever, you're like, bingo, bango. And you do a little finger gun. He says bingo, bongo. Hmm. And he'll like stick his hip out and go like do the finger gun. <laughs> Hmm. That's pretty oh. much what I do when I say it as well. Poor Lars. He's a cutie. Um. Hey, Courtney. Yeah. We're in the third segment of the show. Is Would you like to try your new segment? Proof of concept. Proof I. Of concept. Proof of concept. The idea for this is um. I don't know. We share our ideas for inventions that we wish existed. Or, if you're on the spot, I'll just share random ideas I have. Yeah, it, why don't you go first? I think this, you should do that. You go yeah. first this week, and the next time we'll be so, more ready to contribute. I found that a lot of times the invention already exists. But anyway, um, <laughs> I really like... It's my, a great setup. Yeah. <laughs> Just really going somewhere with this. Um, I really like my cats, and I wish they could go places with me. I'm pretty sure I could not stuff them into a backpack. They would not like that. Um, I also feel like putting them in a little, like a cat carriage thing, be a little like behind a bike or something. Overkill. There's like the little strollers that are like have a carrier on the front. Yeah, like pet strollers. Yeah, yeah. And so like. My invention isn't better than those things. It's just different. I don't act- It's solving a problem, though. <laughs> but I would want to put them in this, like, carrier that attaches to a steady cam to a back, like, a, a holster thing on my body. So. Okay. Like my cat. Like, so they're in perfect comfort. Yeah, like, they don't even know they're moving. Shock absorbing. Yeah. And I'm just walking. It's very cumbersome, but we can move at a quick pace together because i go outside with my cats on a leash but they want to like hide under stuff or smell everything so we're talking a full gimbal unit like a full shoulder piece you're putting on what looks like a parachute Uh on your shoulders is it in front of you or behind you it's in front of me okay is it a triangle shape what shape are we talking yeah, like there's like a platform. I think it's like the body-mounted steady cam. Yeah, yeah. But there's. But I'm wondering but where the cat's Instead of a are. camera, there's a platform. Like you, you add an attachment with like a platform on it. What's keeping them so, on the platform? Like a, one of those bubble backpacks, or like like the the mesh part of the yeah stroller. Yeah. But larger than that, so they don't feel as confined as if they were in one of those other two things. Yes. And okay. it'd be hella very heavy. hella heavy. Yeah. I don't think it's a good invention, but I want but something like that to exist. But the support system would help with that. I mean, because <laughs> the system you're talking about, those rigs and gimbals hold cameras that weigh 
upwards right. of 100, 150 pounds. Oh, cool. Okay. Well, my yeah, so you're not getting anywhere near that. Yeah. We're well, both cats or one cat? One. So we're talking okay, like so 20 pounds then at the end of that thing. 20 well, pounds? Well, I'm considering plus the carrier. With the plywood and the carrier. Oh. And stuff. <laughs> All I was right. say, my cat's 11 pounds. Okay, so how comfortable are your cats with like a weave mesh material? I want to make this happen. Because Cake would just, I don't know if she'd go through it, but she'd be like latched onto it the whole time. Oh. Our cat. Well, I guess I could give her like a CBD treat beforehand. Whoa. But then I wouldn't need this contraption. Hmm. I think it's more for you at that point. I mean, because like now your cat's chill AF. <laughs> so you don't also want to carry it. Like, so now I'm imagining it. I'm, I'm going to up it a little bit. We're no longer just the platform. I think we're bringing in Miranda's idea. Mm-hmm. Now there's also like a hard shell backpack part to it with air holes. Yeah. And a large viewing window in the front. And then maybe like a mesh viewing port for you in the yeah. back. You know, like on a... on a, You can like drop treats in and... You can drop treats. Because it's kind of like that on a stroller with a child. There's like a section <laughs> on the back. There's the part that comes down. Yeah. And if the kid's asleep, you don't want to fuck with that. So you like pull the flap open to kind of peek in at the kid. So now you've got on the back of this hard tortoiseshell cat carrier mm-hmm. gimbal system that you can drop treats, maybe like put a fan in there or something. Yeah, I get some airflow. Because they make mm-hmm. cages that are pretty open where they could still be in the elements. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I just want All them right. to have more space and not feel so jostled around. Those are the so pain we, points. We've got the basic layout flow going what materials are you hoping to work with metals metals okay. <laughs> yep oh heck yeah it's not a miranda, liquor <laughs> miranda's showing us a hip a hip placement gimbal which quite frankly looks phallical and terrifying slightly masturbatory it's there's like too much uh understandably um understandably relevant and necessary for camera movement but i think if you if you're getting this for your cat you don't need as much articulation as this provides there's too many joints that gets us back in the shoulder mounted position then from there you've got kind of a triangle coming from both shoulders and then from the spine area so it triangulates into almost a crane shape that comes over your head and then down what would you call this like steady cat no, this isn't. Whoa, whoa. Steady cat. Whoa. I was getting ready to fuss. Nobody like, steal that. This is your product. We're helping you. Steady cat, though. This is I proof like of IP right here. Yeah. Made for TV. Note the time and date. Yeah. With, an, uh, with an I on there, right? Like, it's got it like S-T-E-A-D-I hyphen cat. Yes. The only question is, is it C-A-T or K-A-T? C. C. Yeah. It's probably better for SEO, I yeah. think. Yeah. Yeah. Steady if cat. You're looking for cat things. On the logo, the tittle on the eye is a ball of yarn. <laughs> or paw. Or paw. And paw. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, so if you were a shark tank, would you be in or out? What? So it's all metal. What about the platform? 
I'm trying to use like recyclable materials. It's probably aluminum. But you could put okay. a little mat on top so it's not hot. When aluminum, as I'll say, aluminum would get hot. Yeah. It, so would plastic. You could put like um, a blanket for coziness. What are the accessory secondary market going to look like? Are we looking at a lot of magnets because of the metal and stuff? Oh my goodness. Or like a little water. I think like water. little yeah. like hanging toys for the inside. Yeah. Yeah, think about it. If it's steady, you can bring Whatever. like water and food and it would be fine. Mm -hmm. Sh shoot, you could put a litter box in there. Yeah. Oh, mm, I'm not sure you would want to. Change the name of things to be more like RV for cats. Yeah. <laughs> tiny home for cats, yeah. but attached to your body. Oh, yeah. You can make it look like a tiny house in there <laughs> with different labels. My question is, how expensive is this going to be? Because steady cams are pretty pricey. Mm. Yeah, like a nice gimbal unit. Like, like the what? good ones? Yeah, they're... You're looking at a couple grand now. Probably. There's even one. There's the cheapest one I see on Amazon is, you know, Amazon quality, and it's $286. Yeah, but that's for not. one of the, like, shoulder mount ones. That's, that's not going to get us to 30, 40 pounds of cat and yeah. plastic. That's more of, like, a DSLR no. level. The one, the other one that I, uh, the very articulated one that I showed you with all the little joints and everything is $700 from B&H. I would say for somebody to want to buy it, it'd probably have to be triple the cost at most of whatever like an expensive carrier is. I mean, we've been working on R&D for 15 minutes almost. And so, you know, that time's not going to be cheap either. <laughs> yeah, my billable rate's like For this, crazy. it's a lot. For this, yeah. In. My day rate as an animator is $600 a day as of July 1st, 2021, but... Only 600 Yeah. That's for an eight-hour day. I mean, 1600 Um, Yeah, so... <laughs> we've got size. We've got the setup. We've kind of gone over materials. Like, I don't think we've got to get in on... You're going to want cotton straps with padding. So that's going to be a little bit extra... Um, I also see a huge expanded market. I mean, what about these weirdos that want to take their birds for a walk? You know, all you do is swap that platform out. Right. I, I mean, I think it there. could be like multi-purpose. What about that guy in Raleigh who let his zebra cobra outside? Yeah. You know, what if I want to take my snake outside and have it not be like, a life or death situation for my neighbors? Safely. Mm-hmm. I think it could be something like oh, a little, yeah. it's almost like a round bed with a mesh mm -hmm. dome over the top that has like a little zipper. It looks like yeah. a fire pit. could be multi-purpose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a little fire pit. It could be like multi-purpose. You could put a dog in there, a rabbit, I could cat, see a ferret going in there. Ferret, exactly. Probably not a, a little snuggly. Yeah. Small companion animals. I mean, maybe even, yeah, like anything, like a little snake friend. Mm-hmm. Bearded dragon, you know. Mm -hmm. Probably not a fish. Mm. I don't know if I'd put a fish in it. But you could make yeah. one that holds a fish, you know. Right, because it's a steady cat. Yeah. Yeah, you still hold stuff up to it. I mean, yeah. you know. Smell the outdoors, fish. Aqua. Take my axolotl no. for a jog axolotl. in the park. 
you know. So I should probably yeah. workshop the name then. So this is like a situation yeah. where it expands. I think Steady Cat's like perfect. Um, it's a perfect name. But if we're gonna if we're talking expansion yeah. into other kinds of creatures. Easily swappable. Steady, steady creature. Fish. Steady fish. Steady <laughs> no. It's just like an aquarium going up and down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Steady um, companion. I can't speak for Miranda, but I'm in for a 30% at a $2 million valuation. I don't watch Shark Tank. I don't, I don't know either. Like, <laughs> you know what to say. I'm in, though. <laughs> well, we're both in. Congratulations. We'll get it. started on Steady Cat and uh, the expansions here shortly. Uh, Thank you for joining us. If you've made it this far, uh, you can find us on Instagram at creatoring. Uh, find us on Instagram and we'll tell you when the next drink and draw is. Um, yeah, because we do them every month and they're super fun. Yeah. But you know what? We love you all and always be you. Bye. Bye.